What's up? I'm Tyler. And I'm Dakota. And this is the Bourbon and Business Podcast. Where we interview successful businessmen and women to let you in on why success doesn't have a single formula to follow. We also have a little bourbon tasting along the way, because why not? Why not? Why not? So guys, please enjoy this episode and let us know your thoughts at Bourbon and Business Podcast on Instagram. Coming to you from the Bourbon and Business Studio here in the Capitol Club in downtown Jackson, Mississippi. I'm Tyler. And I'm Dakota. And this is the Bourbon and Business Podcast. How are you doing this morning, Dakota? I'm fantastic, Tyler. I have a beautiful view to look at. I know. It's always recording. great yeah. coming here just looking at the Capitol building in the morning. So I know. It's we awesome. even may see Tate on his balcony. <laughs> Maybe. We'll give him a wave. But yeah, if if you're in downtown Jackson and the surrounding areas and you're looking for a cool place to hang out, look up the Capitol Club. They have lunch here every day, and then they have a ton of different other options, things that you get with your membership. Uh, probably the biggest thing, though, is the connection to the business community here, uh, second to nine, and the view is phenomenal. So No doubt. Thank best you view, to the Capitol Club. Best view here in Jackson. For sure. Well, Dakota, you want to introduce our guest to us this morning? I would love to. I would love to. We are honored to have Sonny Desai, CEO of Desai Companies, with us today. Sonny, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you. And you want to tell us about our bourbon? Yeah. So I don't think it's a bourbon. It's just a whiskey. Excuse but me. This it's is, whiskey. This is, you know I'm a stickler for that. This is <laughs> Pendleton whiskey, um, true Western tradition, and it says it has exceptionally rich taste. So we'll see if that's true. We'll get your opinion here in just a second. Mine will be halfway through, and then Sonny will get yours at the very end. So I'll say I took two sips, so kind of went off went off script yeah. there a little bit. It's usually one sip, but the second sip hit me. So <laughs> the first one was kind of, you know, it was smooth, and the second one had some punch to it. It is an 80 proof. But I do like it. I'm going to have to put them at a, I'm going to say 7.9. 7.9, okay. Yep. Not a bad, Not a bad rating. Well, Sonny, glad to have you this morning. Uh, we like to always start this off, so just tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you got into the businesses that you that you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll start from the very beginning. Uh, born and raised in Mississippi. Uh, grew up in a small town north of Jackson in, in Lexington. No, uh, no way. Yeah, super small. Um, My dad had a furniture store on the square in Lexington for 30 years. Wiltshire furniture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my dad. So. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Small world. It's amazing how when you're just talking to random people in Mississippi and you mention Lexington, there's like some kind of connection yeah. there. It's, a, it's always, cool. always. Yeah. So that's been awesome. Um, so again, grew up in Lexington. My uh, my parents uh, had a motel in Durant, right off the exit on 55. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're heading to Oxford or whatever. Well, used to go swim out there back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, um, and I, uh, went to, ended up, I finished school there at Central Homes and went to Mississippi State. Um, honestly, I really had no idea what I wanted to do. I kind of just, I knew I kind of wanted to do business. So I majored in real estate and banking and finance. Graduated, uh, in 2008. Great financial crisis. It was like, like <laughs> perfect timing, right? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, and um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. There was two things I, I, I kind of made certain to myself. I was like, one, I didn't want to work for anyone. And two, I did not want to be in the hotel business. 
only one of those things came true. So, <laughs> so we, um, I, uh, my, my, my dad wanted to build a hotel in Winona, Mississippi. It's the, the one next to the cross on, on the, inter, um, the, I went to high school in Winona, so I mean, you're just, <laughs> you're hitting everything here. There's Tyler's old stomping grounds there. Yeah, so, um, how old are you? I am 31. Uh, so everyone, I'm a little yeah. older. I'm 36, and I was going to say we probably played each other in sports because possibly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, so that was our first hotel. Um, man, you know, it's my my family's hotel, and I'm lucky enough it was my dad's hotel, and I made just about every single mistake I could and learned a lot. It was um, it was an exciting process. I was I was using things I learned in school, but you know, kind of learning on the fly. So I just loved that whole real estate development side. So once that hotel finished, I kind of, I, I was like, um, I, th- I thought I could turn this into a business model. It's like, well, you know, once you learn to re- develop real estate, it's kind of a niche, uh, niche, um, thing to do. So I put my next deal together, um, raised, started raising capital and the next deal was in Natchez. We developed that hotel I mean, from that one from Wyoming to Natchez, like three years. So it's kind of a little slow process. And then after Natchez, it starts speeding up a little bit and we start doing more deals and kind of signing them up. And, uh, I'd say, um, about four or five years ago, I kind of got out over my skis and went through a really tough time personally and through the business and just really had to kind of refocus myself. Um, and I hired a CEO coach and that I think, um, was probably the catalyst. He helped me restructure my my life and my uh, and my business to kind of what it is today. And I, he's probably 15 years ahead of me and kind of what he's doing and in his age as well. And that helped me build a roadmap to how to get there. So essentially, we were a real estate we were a vertically integrated hotel company. We would uh, raise capital to build a hotel. And then we manage it afterwards. Now we're more of a holding company. We have multiple companies that sit underneath the site companies. Primarily right now, we're still heavily focused in hotels, but we've been expanding outside of that in construction and other areas as well. So um, I hope that's a good overview. No, you touched on something uh, very interesting there. Tell us a little bit about, you see you have a CEO coach. So what what does that look like? And I guess, how does that work? Yeah, what kind of process do they take you through? Yeah, so... I, I started by hiring uh, a, a firm that will kind of place you with the CEO coach. I got super lucky. My coach only has seven clients. And he does it just because he loves it. And so it was it was just pure luck I got placed with him. And it was my first experience with it. But essentially the process is they kind of help you take an inventory of your life and your business and kind of what are your goals. And, um, and step by step they start helping you restructure to kind of get to where you want to be. And it's funny now, like, cause I've learned, I've been doing it for the past seven years. I've, we, we, I do that for my team members because it helped me so much. And one of the biggest things that I got out of it was, um, it's, it's, we call it journaling, but it's not really what you think. Like, Oh, I did this today. It's, it's really like a planner. And what we do is we try to identify where you want to be at the end of your life. It's like kind of working backwards. And then you, create those ideal situation of what you want to be, you know, um, in a, you know, in perfect world, it's not just business, it's work life, personal, like, you know, your family, spirituality, all that together. And then you kind of work backwards and set yearly goals to how you can be to that lifetime. And then I go a step further and do quarterly. So it's always bite size. Right. And we, we set three 
part of the process setting three mini goals a day. So he taught me that. Um, and I, at first it was kind of a mess and now it's a very refined process. Um, what I do every single day before I, before I start my day. And so we've developed that and now I'm, I'm teaching my, my team how to do that as well. Kind of helps the purpose there right? of like, where, where am I going today? Exactly. Where, where's my direction? The, the thing that most people, what I found uh, talking to most, um, business leaders is they all work hard. There's not, there's no competitive advantage in working hard, but sometimes you, you get off, off track. What this process does, it helps you course correct just like that, you know, instantly. And that every day you're kind of looking at, all right, what, what am I really doing to move the ball forward in, in certain areas of my life? Right. And so that's, it's powerful, right? It's many habits, small steps can lead to large changes. Yeah, I think the consistency of, you know, having a process that you, that you, a detailed process is going to get you where you want to be at. And we, we always tell people, hey, you got to have a plan for, for business. You got to have a plan for what you're doing. But I've never really thought of it this way until you said that. But like, you have a plan for life with business and everything. And that's, I mean, I don't know why I've never thought. I guess we just don't plan for life. We just let life happen to us. That's right. And um, and some of those things, you know, some of those things you can't avoid. But that's really a unique perspective. And I'm You're glad. You're choosing to be proactive yeah. rather than reactive. Exactly. Point. 100%. Now, there's some things you can't control. But for the most part, as, as far as the, like I said, where am I heading today? You've got it under control. You know exactly. exactly where you're going. So you can do things and work with that in mind. And then. You look up after a year, after a quarter, where your goal is at, and you're thinking, well, I, I did it. This is, you, you know, because that that goal of opening that, that other hotel or, or that other business was what my goal was. So I was working towards that every single day. Exactly. And it could, it could be anything you know, in life. It could be getting fitness and reading or whatever. I mean, it could, yeah. all those goals can kind of come together. Well, and, you know, I think so many times from a business standpoint, we think about investing. Hey, I'm going to invest in my business, invest back in my business. Well, investing in yourself is part of that because without you, if you're not investing in your mind, if you're not investing in your body, what you bring to the table, if you don't have your health, if you don't have your the mental aspects of, of what you need in the right place, that's going to affect your business. And so I think that that's a huge thing that you're investing in, in you and in the business. So. I think you got to ask yourself, you know, are you worth following right. like as a business leader? If someone can look at you and look at your habits and look at your, you know, the way that you lead your life and say, wow, I, you know, that's, it's impressive, but that's, he's on the right track and I could learn something from that. I think that's what business leaders should try, should strive to be. Hmm. That's a, that's a big question. To answer yeah, there. yeah so. it is. That's great. That's fantastic. Um, so we know a little bit about why hospitality, right? And as your, your dad started the hotel and, and you kind of got into that business and it was familiar to you, but what about like mergers and acquisitions? Are you in that market? Are you expanding into that market? Yeah, absolutely. So my CEO coach, he's the one who kind of taught me. That's all they do. They just buy companies. I was so intrigued when he told me that. I was like, what? Like, how do you do that? Like, <laughs> it's like watching billions or something. He's walking yeah. in, like putting these deals together. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I don't know. This, this is an improper term or not, but I, I call myself a deal junkie. I'm always like looking for the next deal. It's yeah. it's so fun to chase, you know, and and structure structure these finances and structure these deals where uh, you know you can put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, and that's what's really gotten me excited over the last few years is you know because hotels are hotels. You know, it's real estate. There's only so many ways you can carve up a deal, but M and A's become really really fun, and there's a lot of opportunity out there. 
So we're we're heavily expanding in that. The only problem I would say is that it's a risky business. There's you know there's, there's a lot of risk in acquiring a company. So we have to be very careful and only do one or two deals at a time. And when you're going out, to, like you say, you're looking for a business to purchase, or or what type of businesses are you looking for? So I'm a I'm a uh, uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger disciple. I like old boring businesses right. that are kind of like. Spitting off cash flow and trading at you know three four times earnings like just you know that's kind of what we look for um, simple to operate with good management I mean that's the philosophy right. and then something that can be held for a long period of time my entire investment horizon is very long term yeah what would you tell say a, a business owner that's sitting out there and say hey maybe at some point I want to sell my business what what things are are the buyers looking for that's going to be most important to them. Um, so it depends on the size of the business. So if you are actively running your business and you cannot step away from it, that's going to be a very hard business to sell. You're selling a job. Right. And that's maybe attractive to a, a, another strategic buyer that's looking for a bolt-on situation where they can just merge right. your business into their business. But to really get your business ready to be sold, I would say you have to figure out how to remove yourself from the business and hire an operator. If you can do that, then it becomes very attractive to anyone looking to acquire your business. Right. Yeah, it's a good nugget there of, of wisdom. Well, where do you see your company going in the future? And tell us a little bit about, because technology is changing so much. How is technology playing a role in that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to continue to develop the holding company and become more separated from operations on the day-to-day. So we're, we have leaders already identified in every single business that we have. So developing those leaders into kind of being self-sufficient um, and, and I can keep helping them grow. And then our focus will probably be more on the M&A, but away from hospitality. Right now, we're very heavily concentrated, which is great because I have a very deep understanding and experience in that, um, which is a great place to grow from. But over time, we won't do want to diversify away from it. Um, and so you mentioned technology. Uh, there's a good book, uh, Good to Great, I think, uh, was he, what's the one? Yeah. Jim, Jim Collins. And he talks about there are certain uh, steps that the, the companies went from good to great. And the last one, surprisingly enough, is technology. Technology is never the catalyst for change. It, it's only the accelerator. Right. So you almost have to make sure you have great basic principles, systems in place to, and when you're running your business to then apply a technology to help it um, to go. Like, so for example, we use Asana for our day to day management because it helps us because we've gotten so big now that, you know, how do, how do you make sure that certain tasks that don't get done, there need to be done weekly? Well, you know, when you're a small team, you can do that. You can just kind of like, oh, yeah, I know this needs to be done. But when you grow to over 400 employees, you got to kind of, right. you got to have systems. So things like that, Asana, uh, help you help you do that. The other thing that I think the buzzword right now is AI. Um, so with technology, you have to be very careful not to try to adopt it too early. Yes, AI is great. And that is so, <laughs> so important. It's AI is great, and you know you can use it for certain things, but I don't think you should base your entire business model and change it or shift it. AI, because what happens with new technology is it becomes very, very, it grows very quick up front, and then it kind of s- slows down and then it stabilizes. Me personally, I would rather be in it when it stabilizes a little bit versus right. on the front end of it, because you can waste a lot of time um, getting behind a technology that 
may not even be there in the future. And right. money too, right? Yeah. So all these companies were adopting Bitcoin purchasing power from, you know, with their credit card machines and things like that. And they're like, yeah, just use your coin, uh, what's it called? Coin? Coin, coin Coinbase. I don't the app. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you can just Apple pay your, your Bitcoin or whatever. And it was like, and then Bitcoin tanked like a, a year later. So all these companies were kind of like, oh, dang, I wish we hadn't accepted Bitcoin, you know, which yeah. we just kept it cash. So not, I had a boss that used to always be like, don't, don't be the first lemming off the cliff. Yeah. You know, because everybody else is going, wait, 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 there's a cliff there. So that first guy's already at the bottom and you're still up top and you're going, okay. Yeah. I think it's all off. That particular issue, I know a lot about Bitcoin. <laughs> that every particular issue is a fundamental misjudgment on the use of Bitcoin. It's more of a store of value. I don't, I don't, we don't want to get off topic here, but <laughs> it's, a, it's never meant to really purchase things. And sure. it's just not. So anyway, yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned one thing, and I think that it sounds like you're doing a great job at finding talent, um, but also building them into the employees that you want them to be and taking on more responsibility. Development. Tell us, yeah, tell us a little bit about how, how that looks for you. How are you finding the talent? Because that one big issue that I think that a lot of businesses have is finding good talent and then also retaining that talent. Absolutely. Um, so finding the talent, that's been harder. It's gotten easier lately, but it's honestly, it's networking and having a good reputation in the business community, right? right. You know, if people are going to ask around, or is, this, is this a good company to work for? And, you know, WordPress, especially in Mississippi, everyone kind of knows each other. Lately, though, we've gotten, this is a real competitive advantage for us. We're pretty much a remote company at this point. Uh, I've, got, I've got 40 corporate team members, but they're spread out over the world. So they all work remotely. Right. I have a small office here, but it's just man, three of us in there. Right. So um, that makes talent rec- um, acquisition a lot easier because then you're not limited by geography. I love Mississippi, but, you know, if you tell somebody living in Dallas, that, would you move to Jackson? They're probably going to say no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and, you know, I could I could sit around and make arguments all along about the uh, cost of living and the quality of life. I love it. You know, for me and my family, it's great. Right. But you, you know, you change someone else's mind that grew up in a big city is really hard. So for us, the talent acquisition became a lot easier because we took a different mindset. And now we're able to almost cherry pick talent from other parts of the world where they may not have opportunity to grow. And the second piece of the puzzle is culture. If you spend the time to develop a great culture for your company, the one that people can be proud of, um, and they love working there, they're going to be the ones that bring you the next level talent. Right. I, and a principle that we use when we're looking for talent, and it's a, we stole this from Amazon, it's raising the bar, right? And that's what I tell my recruiting team. It's like, you always have to be looking for the next level of talent that's better than you. If you want to progress and move up in the company, you need to replace your job with someone else that's better than what you're doing right now. And that's the mindset that we use when we start recruiting. Over time, it just it's a compound effect. It just keeps growing. We're getting better and better, and our team gets stronger. Do we occasionally hire wrong? Absolutely. You know, that's that's natural. Some people are better interviewers and actually doing doing the work. Right. Yeah. So. So what's your and that's that's a big thing too in the in the business community. When you do hire wrong, how do you handle that? Yeah, so we accept it, first of all. This is probably the wrong hire. And we have very candid conversations with the person. And we give them, we give them chances, right. 30, 60, 90-day action plans, and then um, try to help them, coach them to getting to that place, or try to even shift them to another, another role. We've tried that, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Right. Um, and 
it happened for a couple of months ago and it was tough, but you know, because we were honest up front, that same person reached out to me, I think two months afterwards. And she was, she was thankful that we kind of did that because it, it made her realize that she was in the wrong role for what she was with us. It hurt, you know, cause she had to go find a new job, but at the same time, it, it helped her find something that was her true calling, right? So transparency, candidness, I think is key when you're having any kind of difficult conversation. There's a, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you guys with a, uh, a little quote that I like to say the, the your, your success in life is directly correlated to the number of difficult conversations you're willing to have. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. So, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And you know, and the easy thing in life is a lot of times to, to not have the hard conversations. That's right. Uh, yeah. And, just skirt uh, around it. But the hard conversations, like you say, are, are, you know, that's what makes the difference. That's what pushes the ball down the road or raises the bar. Like you said, like, you know, you're never going to get there if you're not willing to have those conversations. That's right. So true. You want to take a bourbon break? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I tasted what you meant when you said the second taste had a little bit more bite to it. It was weird. It was weird. Had a little more burn to it too. Um, it was smooth though. Pendleton whiskey. It's got a bucking Bronco on here with the cowboy on top, I guess. It's cut with a glacier fed spring. Yeah. Glacier fed spring water. Did you not taste that? No. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm just curious. So where was this made at? I don't know. You bought it. <laughs> it says it's a blended Canadian whiskey. Ah, okay. Well, I guess they maybe have some glacier. So I guess they got some glaciers up there in North. I was thinking it was Texas and I was like, where they got a glacier in Texas? Uh, <laughs> I guess they got some cowboys out there. In, I guess I uh, can import it. Canada too. Anyway, so I liked it. Um, Tyler, I'm going to go 7.9. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I don't have to even think about that one. So we'll have to wait and see what Sonny gives it here at the end. I, know. Here, so. I hope he gives like a 0.25 or something <laughs> for you for that math. And back to the podcast. Sonny, what is a lesson that you learned later in your career that you wish you had known? Yeah, so I, I, there's there's a ton, right? But I, I think it, it kind of goes back to... You can give a couple if you like. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, I think it's right people, right place. I wish I would have not been so short-sighted and only looking at cost of salaries and trying to figure out quicker ways of bringing the right people on, on board faster. Right. Um, and I'm doing that now. And I think my life would have been much easier. Um, and on top of that, you know, you don't have to own the world, like being, having partners in certain things, it's a good thing. You know, um, your strengths can align and, you know, you can get support where you need and, you know, and have someone to kind of work with. Um, uh, so that's, I think that would be the number one biggest thing that I would look at. Um, right people, right place. Yeah. I mean, that's great wisdom there. You know, you can't, you can't be the master of everything. And I think having the right people in the right place to help you is going to accelerate that growth. So that's, um, another one I, I was, I was thinking about, I'm kind of going through this right now. Um, I had a, I'd say early and very early in my business, I had you know, a couple of failed partnerships and it wasn't that they were bad people. I just think we didn't, we didn't communicate properly up front and lay our expectations out. So one piece of advice if anyone starting is again, having candid conversations and going through what could go wrong. What are we going to do if it goes wrong? How do we fix it? You know, what's the system that we're going to use and making sure everything's thought out before that first dollar is invested. I've seen so many, friendships and partnerships and relationships just get torn apart 
over business. I mean, it seems like a great idea to go and go in business with your best friend, but it's it's, it's fine. You make it work. Let's just make sure everything's thought out up front. Yeah, Has that happened to me. Yeah, and I mean, there's in business you're gonna you're gonna hit hard periods and and have to have hard conversations. So, I would say with especially if you have a close friend or or family or whoever you're in business with that that can't complicate it and make it harder to have those conversations. Absolutely. Sure. But yeah, and I like what you said too about making sure hey you've got a plan in place for you know everything that you've told us so far. It sounds like you've really got a plan for everything and thinking those those hard situations out so exactly such great wisdom so tell us i know you said you got a ceo coach but you know maybe there's people that are that are just getting into the business world and they're not at the ceo level what what advice would you give them ways that they can invest in their self and maybe where they can achieve their goal maybe it is to become a ceo maybe it is to become some type of executive management or, or, or own their own business what is the the best ways that they could go about investing in their self and their future? Um, so I would really focus on two things. One is self-development as far as fitness, mental health, uh, meditation, reading. Um, so uh, exercising, I think that's the biggest one. You, you can re- release so much stress by you know, having, working out and um, having a fit, uh, fit body. But um, the second one would be reading because I think uh, if you kind of really, really – with some thought into it, someone spends their entire life learning all this stuff and they condense it down into a book and you can spend four hours downloading all that information and choosing what you want to take out of it. It's amazing. And so in the early, if you don't read, you're going to get the biggest gains from just starting, right? It's, you know, go research some great books and especially on the business side there, it, what's going to happen over time is when you get to the 10th book, you're going to you're going to see some trends. And we're like, they're all talking about the same thing in just a little different manner, right? Mm-hmm. So then you're like, all right, well, maybe I should be focusing on that, right? And so I, I, I wouldn't say, oh, you need to go do this right now, but you do need to go read, right? As far as, so that's, and that could apply to everyone. So I'd say to self-development, working out, and reading. And what would you say to the person right now that maybe they're, they're in a hard season in their career, or maybe they're facing some failure, what would you tell them to, uh, or what advice would you give them? Yeah. Um, wow. That's a tough one. I would say, I think you really need to sit down and think about everything. Uh, the best advice that I think I'd give someone is my, it's an experience, a shared experience is what I would say. Uh, when I was going through a tough time, I almost went bankrupt and I'm sitting there just all this pressure on me, borrowing money from friends and family that I wasn't even sure I could ever pay back. And one thing I kept telling myself that kind of got me through it was, what's the worst that could happen? I still have my health, still have my family. They're still going to love me, and I'll be okay. I'll start over, but I'll be fine. You know, it's not the end. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's a great piece of advice to know that, you know, and if you read any, any of these books from successful business people, most of them, there's a failure in there at some point. And it's, you know, the people that actually kept going and said, hey, and a lot of them had to start over, started over from nothing and, and built whatever business that they did, that that's not the end of the road for you. Like that failure doesn't define you. It's what you do after that is what defines you. 
So I, I read a lot about Stoicism and Marcus Aurelius and, you know, challenges in life are going to happen, just like you said, right? It's how you react to those challenges. You could give up and not do anything, or you could take that as a learning lesson and and learn from that and grow, and grow right. yourself. Every situation, you say, why is this happening to me? Well, that's not really what's important. There's going to be things outside your control that happen to you every single day. It's how you react to any given situation. It defines who you really are. Mm. A lot of truth there. Yeah, you got to keep things in perspective, right. you know, and having that outlook of, okay, what is the worst thing that could happen to me? That's right. I'm still alive. Right. Okay, if I'm still alive, I can rebuild. There's, that's right. That's, that's the floor, you know, and if that's the floor, then I'm okay with that and I go forward. And it sounds like you've got a process now where you calculate, is this risk worth it? If it is, I'm going to take it. If it's not, then I don't. And that's kind of like a, it's like a A and B system for you there, you know. Um, and you've, you've got those systems in place after you make that calculation. You're like, okay, this is how it would work after that. And then you, you put it into action. And then you see if your initial you know, reaction was correct or if, it, if it's not, you make some adjustments and you, you, go, you go with it. The, the best way to kind of put, your, put things into perspective is time. Mm. I like telling people time is really our only currency. Like you're born with a lot and you die with none. Right. So in the middle, it kind of defines what, how, how you spend your time defines who you are. Right. So when you're, when you're asking me, like, um, what is, um, like, how would I look at a decision? It's really based on time. Like, is this going to be worth my time? And when you become very focused on how you spend your time, you start making decisions a little different. You know, it's like, okay, well, well, can I go spend that hour working out? Yeah. Cause it's going to be best for me for long term. It's going to add more time to my life. Should I go read that book? Yes, because it could possibly make my business better and free up my time, you know, in the future. So you, that's what the trade-offs start happening. Well, great. Well, Sonny, we appreciate you coming on. A lot of great wisdom on this podcast. I know our listeners will, will love this one. Let's get your thoughts on the bourbon. Okay. Um, so I'm a scotch guy. I normally only drink like Macallan 12, but, um, this, I, I like it. I'm not as detailed as you guys because you go 7.9. I don't know the difference between 7.8 and 7.6. We don't either. We yeah. just pull it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to try to be fancy then, and I'll, I'll give it a 7.7. 7. Great. Okay. Yeah. 7.7. Well, we'll land at a 7.8 for the Pendleton Whiskey. And, Sonny, if someone – I know in your business it's, it would be a little bit different. You, you probably don't have people just reaching out to you to sell their business or whatever – but say someone hears this podcast and they're like, man, I, I really like Sonny. I like his company. And maybe they want to come work for you or something like that. What would be the best way for them to get into touch with you for whatever reason? So I, the only two social media channels I really have are LinkedIn and mm -hmm. Twitter, or I guess X uh, now. X plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm on that. Uh, both of them are Sonny SSI. Um, and you can reach out to me on those or our website. Just email the company and somebody will get you in. Great. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on today. Absolutely. Um, for all our listeners, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, if you would, go follow us on social media. And however you stream this podcast, if you give us a rating, we'd appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any feedback or would like to be featured, reach out to us at bourbonandbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram at Bourbon and Business Podcast. Thanks again for listening. Follow us for more content and info on the next episode.